here, if you can, for a few moments. Kids, come on up and just gather around in this, uh, in this space. We've been talking about some things here on Sunday mornings while you guys have been in children's church that I thought might be kind of fun for you to hear a little bit about. And uh, we've been talking about this, um, this idea of what happens when, when we put our faith in Jesus, when we invite Jesus to come into our hearts. I feel like there's a big open space right here. Does anybody want to come from down there? And come? Are you happy where you are? Okay, good. What happens when we invite Jesus to come into our lives? And uh, uh, maybe many of you have done that. You've maybe at vacation Bible school or in Sunday school at some point, you invited Jesus to come into your heart, forgive you of your sins, and take charge of your life. And that's a wonderful thing. And uh, maybe some of you haven't done that yet, and that's okay. But um, we, we think that that's pretty important. So we've been talking about just what happens when, when, when we say that. What does God do in us, and what does God do for us? And we've used some, some big words. The, you see the big word at the very top? Yeah. You see that? What does that say? Saved. saved. And we've been calling this series of talks saved, because that's a word that we use a lot of times to describe what God does for us when he, when he comes into our hearts and when he becomes the leader of our lives. But there's some other great words, and some of them are up here that we've been talking about as well. And I wanted to introduce them to you guys, a couple of these words. The first one is justification, and I think I have that on a, on a slide, Peter, the next one. Yes, that is, is that like, I'm telling you, it's like 50 cents that word costs at least. Can you say it with me? Justification. How many syllables was that? I don't even know. Lots. Yes, five. Clap it out. Five of them at least. This is a big word, and you know what? Maybe one day you'll care to say that word again, but in the meantime, you know what you really need to know is what it means, and it means that God forgives us. God forgives us. That when we invite Jesus to come into our heart, and when we put our faith, when we tell God that we believe in him and that we love him, he forgives us of our sins. Anything that maybe has, that we've done that would make God sad, that would break his heart, any, any time that we've been disobedient to our parents or we've, we've made a choice that we know isn't what God would want us to do, well, when we come to, to God, he, he forgives us of that. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing for us all to remember, that nothing that we've done is beyond God's ability and his desire to forgive us of that, to wipe it clean. It's as if he forgets about it even. So that's justification. The other word that we talked about last week was this one. Say it, I'll say it first. Regeneration. More five syllables, I think. Can you say that one with me? Regeneration. Yes. Another big word that, you know, you'll probably never use that in a sentence, although I bet your teacher would be so impressed if you threw that out just in a sentence. It, in science, maybe you're talking about plants or something, and you say, uh, teacher, I think it's regenerating. They would be so impressed. And that's what this means. It just means to make new, to make something new. And so when we use this word to talk about what God's done for us, not only does he forgive us, but when he comes into our heart and when Jesus comes into our life, he actually begins to make us into something brand new. Someone who can live for him. Someone who can make choices that not only don't disappoint God, but bring a smile to his face. And, and we can be changed into something that 
that maybe we've never been before. That can be beautiful, and not that you're not beautiful already, but that can be loving and kind and, and reflecting really who God is in the world in which we live. So justification and regeneration, two big words. The one I want to talk to you about today and the one I'm going to talk to you about to the, your, the big people a little bit later is this idea of adoption, adoption. Now, this word might be one that some of us are a little bit more familiar with. Adoption. Now, I don't know if any of you potentially are adopted, or if you have someone in your family who has been adopted, or you have a friend maybe that was adopted. But what this typically means is that uh, a family takes into their own family a, a, a child or a person, brings them into their own family and begins to treat them as one of their own. And uh, what's that? Yes, this is a beautiful thought. And the Bible tells us that when we invite Jesus to come into our heart, that God adopts each and every one of us and brings us into his own family. This is a, an amazing concept. In fact, I had, we have some friends that just recently adopted a, a child into their family, and we talked about this a little bit last week, the Weitzman family, and they used to go to our church here, and they adopted a, a little boy from Hong Kong, and his name, I can't pronounce it in Chinese, but his American name is Jedediah, and I like this. And maybe some of you and some of you saw pictures in the newspaper last week, and if you looked at those pictures carefully, you saw standing in the background this tall guy, um, kind of gawky looking, with his own camera in his hand, and that was me. And uh, so I wanted to show you the pictures that I took, all right? So here's some of the pictures that I took when I went to Josh and Jamie's adoption of their little boy, Jedediah. So we got to go, I had never been to one of these before, so we got to go back into the judge's chambers, and this judge was so wonderful. You see the judge there in the black robe, and he was right now, he was talking to them. See there, I'm getting my picture taken by the guy right across from me. Um, but he was talking to them about the importance of adoption and what it means for them. This is my friend Josh right here in the gray suit, and that's little Jedediah in his lap. In fact, if you go to the next picture, there's Jedediah when he looked at, kind of at me. Here's uh, Josh holding him. And right now the judge was talking to them about the importance of adoption, what it really means for them to take Jedediah into their family. He said that they would be responsible for him, that they would be responsible to care for him and to provide for him and to love him and to feed him and to clothe him and to give him a place to live. And uh, they were taking this responsibility. And then I think on this next slide, um, I have a picture of Jamie both Jamie, the mom, and Josh, the dad, they had to sign on the dotted line. And they had to write their names saying, yes, we agree to this. We are taking Jedediah into our family. And we will treat him. They have three other girls. They have three other daughters. And they were saying that we're going to treat him exactly the same as our three daughters that were born to us naturally. Isn't that amazing? And I think I have one more picture. Yeah, here's the, here's the family, and there's, there they are, and what a beautiful family, and uh, Jedediah there in the front, he and Josh had on like these matching suits, it was really cool, and, uh, and, uh, 
And this is, this is, this is their family. And, and Jedediah isn't, isn't just kind of an addition to the family. He is their family in a beautiful way because he's been adopted by them. Now, the beauty of this, you guys, and you can take that down, Peter, or we'll just stare at it the whole time. Um, the beauty is that, that this is exactly what God says he'll do with us. In fact, I want you to read a Bible verse with me, okay? Read this one. We're going to put this up here. This is from 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, okay? If you can read, read loud and strong with me right now. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Look at that. There's two exclamation points even in that sentence. How great is God's love that we should be called his children. And in fact, when we put our faith in him, that is exactly what we are. God has adopted us. God adopts us to be his children. And you know what that means, right? That means that he also brings us into a family, just like Josh and Jamie brought Jedediah into their family. God brings us into his family, the family of God. And, and do you know what that means? That not only do you have your wonderful natural family, your mom and your dad and your brothers and your sisters and aunts and uncles, but you also have a, an eternal Jesus family, a, the family of God that is all around you here and really is all around the world today. Others who have put their faith in Jesus, who are your aunts and your uncles and your cousins and your brothers and sisters. In fact, sometimes maybe you hear us around the church, and I never understood this really when I was a kid, so I'm explaining this to you right now. Sometimes you maybe even hear us call each other brother so-and-so, like brother Greg or brother Darren or brother Charles. You hear us talk about people that have been important to us. Or, uh, and, and that's what we're saying. Or sister so-and-so, you know, sister Kyla. Um, we, we talk about these because we're, we're communicating the fact that we really are family. And God is providing for us. He signed on the bottom line when he sent his son Jesus. He said, I will take these people as my own kids. And I'll welcome them into my family. And I'll care for them and protect them and provide for them as if they are my very own. Because as that verse said, we are God's own kids. And I don't want you to ever forget that. So let me pray for you. Jesus, thank you so much that you even said, and the Bible even says about you, Jesus, that you're, you're not ashamed to call us your brothers and your sisters. That maybe we have some other brothers and sisters, but, but we can look to you, Jesus, as being our, our, our best big brother. And uh, how great it is to be a part of the family of God and to be adopted by you, our Heavenly Father. And uh, so we're thankful that you don't look at us as just, um, just an addition to the, the family or somebody kind of on the sidelines or somebody who's joined in lately, but you look at us as your own kids. So I pray that each one of these kids here before me and others throughout the congregation would just know that as they put their faith in you, God, that, uh, that you adopt us. You, you call us to yourself, and that all the people, others who have put their faith in you become our brothers and our sisters and our aunts and our uncles and our cousins. We're all a part of the family of God, and we're so thankful for that today. We love you, Jesus. Have your blessing on us now. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys.
great job. You can go back to your seats. You know, one of the amazing things about being a part of the family of God is that you can literally go anywhere in the world and have an immediate connection with others who are followers of Jesus. Uh, I've found this to be true in every place that I have traveled. And when I, f- when I meet a brother in the Lord, and uh, we've at times been of so different uh, ethnic and cultural backgrounds, and yet as we begin to talk often through an interpreter about Jesus, suddenly there's a, the breaking down of every wall, and, and it's amazing. I grew up in the you know, 70s and 80s, and there was some, uh, a little tension, you might recall, those of you who lived in those days, between the United States and the Soviet Union, as they were known in those days. And uh, when I was in college, as I've mentioned before, I got a chance to go to, to Russia. And uh, I remember, I mean, there was just, you know, there was this sense that, that we were all supposed to hate each other. And yet, as we met with the Christians there, there was this incredible sense of family. And I'll never forget, especially as we celebrated communion, as we'll do later on this morning, together, there was this sense of unity and togetherness that although the Iron Curtain uh, had tried to divide us and the Cold War had tried to tell us that we were bitter enemies, that in fact, we were brothers and sisters in Christ. It's the beauty of being born into, adopted into the family of God. And it's something that we can never take for granted and never uh, forget and always remember to grab onto and to grab hold of. It's in that spirit, really, that we have the joy and the chance of welcoming a brother in the Lord, uh, Aaron Kaluza to come and join our ministry team here at Coast Community. And uh, so many of us are just getting to know Aaron. And yet the confidence is is that uh, we're each known by Christ in such a way that already we're united. No doubt there'll be a a honeymoon period and then a post-honeymoon period. And then a settling into kind of real life period together. But in and through it all, we remember that this is a dear brother who we are family with as children together of our Heavenly Father. So Aaron, I want to welcome you. Come on up here, my friend. And uh, many of you heard us. Um, many of you have heard uh, at some point or been introduced to Aaron yourself that uh, Aaron's a recent graduate of Fuller Seminary. And yeah. <laughs> we have an alumni cohort. <laughs> and um, has been working as the minister to youth at Long Beach. First Church of the Nazarene for the last three plus, four years. You got some Long Beach people as well. Okay. All right. See, I'm telling you, the connections run deep. And, uh, 
And, and Aaron and I actually were introduced, uh, I was introduced to Aaron through a friend of mine who works at Point Loma Nazarene University. Yeah, okay. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We digress. Um, and Aaron and I have only really been in communication and, and known each other for the past maybe three months or so. But uh, people that he knows, that I know, that know us both, thought that we ought to have a conversation. And when we did, and Kyla was there as well, so she can vouch for it, um, I think there was a sense that, that as we talked and met, and as we continued our conversation, as our church board heard from me and had the chance to meet with Aaron as well, that God was leading us. And God was leading Aaron. And uh, what we've found is this isn't just a one-way street, right? And God has to be at work in a lot of different ways to bring things like this together. And so we can stand here today and say with confidence that God has been at work and is at work even now. And we couldn't be more excited to have Aaron here and to celebrate what God is doing in his life and in the life of our church as he comes into this role and into this ministry. Now, I've asked a couple of our teenagers to come and, uh, and offer words of welcome to Aaron, and they're both very nervous. Um, well, I'm not sure if Wilson's actually nervous. Is he? Okay. It was so awesome. Last night at the Rescue Mission graduation, let me just throw a little plug in for that. It was amazing. This, this one lady got up to share her testimony, and she said, I'm so blessed I'm so thankful, I'm so humbled, and I'm so nervous. <laughs> and it was, it was great. So these, guys, these guys might be a little nervous, but they've got great words to say. Aaliyah, Berryessa, and Wilson Guiling, come on up, you guys. These, I've asked these guys to just share a word of welcome. And uh, they, they uh, allowed me to see what they were going to be saying. And I said, I can't improve on that. So, Ali, are you okay to go first? Good morning. My name's Aliyah, and I have been going to this youth group for two or three years now. Um, this youth group, to me, is like a second family. Um, we are so united and there for each other. And, um, sorry. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I'm so glad to have Aaron a part of our family. I'm excited to show him all our crazy, exciting, and sometimes intense games. It's going to be a wonderful journey with Aaron, and God will be right beside us the whole way. Like it says in Jeremiah 29:11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord's, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. With these words, I'd like to welcome Aaron to the beautiful Coast Community Church of the Nazarene. <laughs> Dear Aaron, welcome to our church. That, yeah, I wrote it like a letter. That's okay. <laughs> cool. Um, this church is different than other churches, and it is similar to many churches. But no matter what, it is here to support you now and forever. Now, if you want to lead our youth group, you may want to know a little bit about us. 
Our youth group is not a group. It is a family. Groups are too exclusive. This family is constantly growing and changing. We're teenagers who can put our hearts into causes and live lives that God would want us to live. But we're going to need a lot of help. We know that our relationships with you will be a two-way street. We will help and guide you while you help and guide us. We can take anything that the world throws at us. We wish you the most prosperous of experiences. And now that you're here, good luck. With love, the youth group. Thank you, guys. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Aaron, I, too, would just like to add my welcome. And uh, I know it's, it's always interesting to be the center of, the, you know, in, attention in the, in the spotlight and such. It's great to have uh, many of your family here. Just wave, family Kaluza, and, uh, and great. you'll want to get to know these folks as well. Long Beach isn't too far away, so we're looking forward to many frequent uh, visits. Um, but yes, just to add my welcome as well, we're, as I've said, just so thankful for the way God has led. And I've, we've talked a lot about, um, again, a, a pastor's responsibility in the life of the church, but a church's responsibility in the life of a pastor. And I know I would speak for our congregation in our desire to see God's plans unfold as they are supposed to in your life and for your ministry to flourish and for you to become all that God has intended for you to be in ministry, for your gifts and your graces and uh, talents and passions to have a place to be expressed and to find deeper growth and meaning and uh, for you to find some sense of of fulfillment even in this place of ministry. And uh, we'll just keep trusting the Lord for that. Um, there will be times where I will, uh, you know, this interaction, this relationship between you and I is, is going to be an interesting one, you know? I mean, let's just be honest. Sometimes I'm going to be your boss. Um, I, really, that's a, it's really a title that I... I don't like too well, so you can feel free right now to never refer to me by that title. <laughs> but there will probably be times where I act like a boss, and there will be times where I act like a, a friend. I hope we can just be good friends, and I think we already are, and I'm looking forward to that. And uh, also, um, I get to be your, your pastor, and that's not something that I take lightly either. And so, along with your ministry, talents and gifts. I look forward just to seeing you grow as a follower of Jesus. So we want to take some moments to pray for you, but first I want to just give you a moment just to respond to all this in, uh, in just a few. You'll have, you'll have a long time to respond uh, in, in greater ways, but, but words that, that God's putting on your heart. Dear Coast Community, <laughs> I'll do it as a letter. It's good. Paul did that a lot, so that's, that's a good way to go there, Wilson. Um, I'm nervous, too, because I usually have notes, but I, I don't have any in front of me. In Hebrews, uh, the writer of Hebrews says, the church body should make ministers' ministry a pleasure and a joy. One of the draws uh, to this church here is I feel like the people that I've interacted with, James, Kyla, 
the church board would make ministry an absolute joy. Uh, the thing that I perhaps look forward to most is sharing life with this church, uh, sharing life in the ministry of the gospel in Santa Barbara, sharing life in the mission that Christ gives us. Uh, and so I, I'm so anxious and excited to get to know all of you young people, all of your quirks, your inside jokes to be a part I look forward to. I look forward to, to being a part of this larger church body and the culture that has been created, uh, that God has begun a work here that he continues uh, to do and wants to complete. And just being a part of that will be an absolute blast and joy. And working with James, probably one of the biggest draws to the church, um, was as, we, as I had talked to different pastors, I was just like, I, w- I would love to be shaped by this man, uh, by, to be led by him as both just a man and as a leader. And I look forward to that relationship um, on, on multiple levels, boss. <laughs> so, um, but you guys have been so welcoming so far. I'm trying to remember everybody's names, so please extend that grace to me. I will be straightforward when I don't know your name. Be like, what's your name? I totally forgot. Don't think that you're not rememberable, because you are. God loves you, sure. <laughs> But I need trying to learn everybody's names. And so thank you for welcoming me. Um, and I look forward uh, to, to growing to be a part of this community, of this family, uh, in the gospel, and the mission that God has for this church. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, just lead with the name tag. Here I am. It's me. We want to have a, uh, a time of prayer for Aaron, and uh, so I'm going to invite him actually just to, to come right down here. Aaron, if you don't mind, just uh, kneel here, and I want to invite our church board. Let's all just stand. Can we do that? And I want to have our church board come, and many of our teens, and, uh, and Hernblads, you're right here. You might as well come as well, and uh, I was going to ask you to move, but then I thought, well, just come and pray. And anybody else who just wants to gather around, let's just have as many as we can. Just kind of come forward, put a hand on the person's shoulder in front of you. And uh, really, Aaron is coming as our, our we've, we've got this really creative, fun title for him. It's, it's pa- Associate Pastor of Student Ministries and Community Life. And um, so we're not sure exactly what community life always might mean, but it entails a lot. So I need a few more people to come forward and, and, and pray. You are all part of that community. So um, let's just gather around in here. God, we are so thankful. We, uh, we come to this moment here this morning with this clear confidence, God, that you have indeed led us. Again, that uh, you're a God who... Who, who is in this sort of business. You're a God who leads, who guides, who provides. You're a God who loves your church. You love your people. And uh, you want to see your church flourish and thrive. And the, the ministry that you've called us to and the mission that you've placed before us to be accomplished, God, as we partner with you, as we participate in what you're doing in the world. And uh, What a joy to now partner with Aaron, and we just receive him and welcome him in your name, Jesus, and and recognize that you are doing and have begun a work in him that is is beautiful, and uh, the call that you have placed on his life to ministry, we just, again, we just celebrate it, and the chance to... uh, 
to be a place where that call is expressed in these days is uh, a privilege and a joy that, that, uh, that we grab hold of and that we receive today. And so as a church family, dear God, uh, together, really, people and pastors, we, we say to you, have your way. God, we just say to you, uh, work in us and through us in the ways that you want to. We say, get your work done and, and use us as you can, God. And, uh, and, and we pray that there would just be this sweet sense of collaboration and, and working together and equipping uh, of one another and sending and encouraging one another, God, in ministry. We are just uh, reminded and, and, and just come face to face with this, this, so, this critical truth that we really do need each other. And so I pray, God, that, that there wouldn't be anyone here today that would be saying in their, in their, in their hearts, well, good, uh, Aaron's here now, he can do all the ministry. Uh, or good, James has a, a partner now, they can, they can get it done. By, by no means, God, we, we're in this together, and I pray that there would just be uh, hearts that are instead saying, wow, here's, here's another pastor that, that I, can, I can listen to and learn from and help shape and uh, be equipped by and and we can find new adventures together in mission. And um, so, God, we celebrate all of that. And, and we celebrate who you are and, and what you're doing. And, and we pray very practically for just the logistics of Aaron's move. And uh, just coming to a new place, God, coming to a new city. And uh, many of us have been in this town and in this surrounding and even in this church for a number of years, God. And maybe we forget what it's like to come into a new place. But... But, uh, but it is a challenge, God, and there's, there's new um, excitement for sure, but, but maybe some question as to what it will all look like, Lord. So we pray that you would just have your hand upon Aaron and the logistics of him getting settled in here and uh, the, the details of really finding his fit and his place in ministry and just in relationship in this local church and in the broader community, God. We pray that you would just open doors, and we pray that you would just uh, provide affirmations and confirmation of your leading, God, as, as he meets new people and, and has the ability to speak your truth and just to share his life both with us and with others in our community, God. Just, uh, just we know and we're confident that you're, you're with him, and you will, uh, again, put your stamp on this whole uh, transition, God, as you lead in the days to come. Most of all, Lord, as we gather in with our hands on Aaron and on one another, we just uh, ask your Holy Spirit to come and fill us now. We need your Spirit to, to bless us and to fill us and to remind us of all that Jesus taught and all that Jesus did. We need your Holy Spirit to correct us when our thinking is off base. We need your Spirit to empower us and give us uh, passion and skill and gifting that go beyond our, our natural selves. We need your Holy Spirit, to unite us in ways that, that we wouldn't expect among such a distinct group of people. We need your Holy Spirit to make us one as we join in mission with you. So uh, we give ourselves to you now, God. We give Aaron to you. We ask your blessing. And again, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, if you have your Bible... Turn there with me. I'm going to put this up on the screen as well, but I want you to be able to stare at this passage of Scripture a little bit as we, uh, 
as we look at it together today. Romans 8, verses 15 through 17 in particular. And uh, this is just one of the primary texts of scriptures that, that speaks to us about this, this adoption, this idea of God adopting uh, believers into his family as they, they come to faith in him. And uh, it just speaks to us about some of the really beautiful and core truths about just what's included, what's involved in this idea of adoption. I mean, it's, it's beautiful to look at those pictures of the Weitzmans and just to think of this, this warmth, right, that, that I experienced there that day and that, that uh, we can experience as we come in faith to God. And, and yet there's, there's even more to it, right? There's more to the, the details and the things that are, are come as a result of this adoption. Many of those that the judge laid out to the, the Weitzmans, um, God has taken on for us as well. So um, again, just to remind you, justification, we might say, removes our guilt of sin with this idea of forgiveness. We can say regeneration um, brings a spiritual life through this new birth. And adoption welcomes us into this family of God through his love and acceptance. And, and remember, we're, we're saying that all of these things happen essentially at the same time. It's kind of this simultaneous impact and effect of God's salvation and his saving work in us. And uh, so it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Only God could get all this done, right, in a, in a moment of coming to faith in him. But sometimes, even for those of us who maybe prayed that sinner's prayer, as I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, maybe God did it, but we haven't understood it. And so that's why we're going through these weeks and these ideas to help us, even if you've been a Christian for a number of years. Maybe you've never fully grasped just all that God was doing and had accomplished in that moment of your saving faith. And maybe you're not a Christian today. Maybe you haven't necessarily come to a place of saving faith, but you're wondering what... What does happen if I say I want God to kind of come into my life and be the, the leader of my life? Well, these are the things that, that, that can happen. Your, your, your sin can be forgiven. Your, your life can be made new. You can be born again. And, and today we celebrate this idea that you can, be, you can be wrapped into the family of God through the adoption of God. So let's look at this uh, passage together. Let's just stand. It's, it's brief, but let's stand together as I, as I read it for us from Romans 8. 15 to 17. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. He's talking about when you came to faith. And by him, we cry, Abba, or this daddy, this concept of this, this, this papa. We cry, Abba, Father. And the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I think that's it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can have a seat. Well, what, uh, what does this mean for us this morning? Just a, a, few, a few thoughts for us. Um, how should this impact the way that we live our lives as followers of Jesus? Or if we're considering becoming a follower of Jesus, how would this impact our lives? And, and uh, um, what, what, would this, what, would the, what would the effect be on us? 
Well, just like human adoption, there are some present realities that go along with adoption, and there are some future possibilities. So I want to talk about each of those things uh, as we work our way through this passage. The first is just the present realities of, of this adoption. And as you look at that passage in, in Romans, the, this beautiful language there from Paul as he, as he shares these words with the, the folks there in Rome, this, uh, these ideas that as they've come to faith, they've moved from this, this relationship, this, this sense of, uh, of kind of slave and master, as perhaps maybe many of us still think of our relationship with, with God. Boss, employee, right? As we were thinking, master and slave. We kind of, maybe, maybe we came to faith, or maybe these folks had come to faith with this understanding that, that he was up there and, and I'm down here, and don't forget it. And truly, we shouldn't forget that. And yet, Paul wants to take them to an, another place and say, you've not received a spirit of slavery. This is not what you've entered into. You've not entered into this relationship of dominion and of authority and slavery, you've received a spirit of sonship, or I'm not sure if this is a word, but let's make it one, daughtership. You've received a spirit of, of, of being a child of God. There, there's no slave-master relationship here. The, the present reality is that he's our father. He's our Abba. He's our loving, heavenly father. And we are his children. And that changes everything. It means that we move from this, this place of fear and timidity and worry about what he might do to us if we mess up to this place of confidence and this place of hope and this place of assurance. And that's one of the great words that theologians have drawn from this passage, this, this doctrine of assurance that we can really know that, that we are saved. We really can know that he's our father and we're his child because the spirit, the Holy Spirit himself, testifies to our spirit telling us this. And not only can we have confidence and assurance, we can have freedom, this whole idea that, that, uh, that again, we're not slaves. We have this freedom to respond to him in love, in obedience, this freedom to interact with him in this spirit of relationship, uh, the spirit of, again, of love. We not only have that, but because we're his, we're his children, we can have this spirit of boldness. And even Paul even says that we can cry out to him, Abba, Father. As a slave, we would perhaps back down and, and just go in, in, in timid fearfulness, retreat to our, our corner. But as a son or as a daughter, God says, you're my child, come to me. And we have this opportunity to come to him and cry out to him in boldness, calling out, asking, pleading, longing, sharing our very lives with him as well. We've moved from slave to son or to daughter. We've also moved from stranger to family. And that's the, uh, the real beautiful idea of this. It was struck again and uh, Andrew and I were together last night at the rescue mission graduation, and, and Andrew, I think, brought this up afterwards, that, that uh, it wasn't surprising, um, but powerful, how many of the graduates referred to their family and their support system. Their, their family, often, I think several of the graduates said, I have the greatest mom in the world, and I'm not sure how that really plays out mathematically, but 
They each think that, and I'm sure they have wonderful moms. And, and just the, the importance and the significance of being a part of a family system that even in their wanderings, even in their dark days, had, had stayed supportive of them. But beyond even just their nuclear earthly family, this, this system of support and this network that, that they counted on and depended on. Well, this is the promise that we have. This isn't just an AA thing, as beautiful and wonderful as that is. This is a family of God thing. And, a, and, a, and a, a body of Christ thing. That, that as we come to faith, we move from strangers, isolated, alone, on our own. We move into a network of a support system that, that this world knows nothing about. If we'll tap into it and if we'll be that for one another. We move from strangers to family. And, and so that's on both sides, right? I, I hope you sense that as if you're a follower of Christ today, as an adopted child of God, you, you both have the, the joy of being in that network and being supported, and you also have that responsibility of being one who gives support, who gives care, who gives encouragement, who gives nurture to those around you. It's this... It's this uh, privileges and responsibilities kind of thing that is this beautiful cycle that we enter into in this present reality of moving from stranger uh, to family, and we celebrate that. These, these are the present realities that, that we can, can enjoy, that we can um, celebrate, that we can share, and, and I pray that we can live into. Again, I've been saying for these, all these weeks that, that uh, we sell ourselves short so often of what God has accomplished for us through Jesus on the cross. We, we, just, don't, we just don't grab onto it. God, I feel like God is, is, is here and he's saying, look at what I've done for you. Look at what I've made available to you. And when we sell ourselves short of that, and not only do we sell ourselves short in that, but we... Again, we, we dishonor God by not grabbing on to all that he has made available to us. So, so what does it mean for you today to, to consider the fact that as a follower of Christ, you have moved from slave to son and from stranger to family? How does that change the way that you think about your own identity? It has to. It has to change the way that we feel about who we are as individuals before God. We're, we're known to him. We're loved by him. His love for us is greater than any earthly father could even have for his earthly son. And that, that just boggles my mind as much as I know I love my son, to know that God loves me even greater at different levels and that he cares for me. And what does this say to you this morning as a, as a person who is a child of God and who is deeply aware of what all God has provided for you? What does it say to you about who you, who you need to be as a member of that family for other members of the family, for other children of God who are around you and who may be in some sort of need or some sort of crisis or, or maybe life's going well, but they need to know that there's somebody around them. I, I could go all sorts of directions with this, but I'm going to kind of leave that a little bit for you to think as to what that means for you. But I just know that it 
must heighten the level of our responsibility for one another. When I say we really do need each other, I really do need you. I really do. Pastor Aaron really does need you. As much as you may think that you need us or whatever that might be like in your brain, we need each other desperately, which means we need to rise to the challenge as the Holy Spirit enables us and strengthens us. What does it mean for you to move from slave to son, from stranger to family? The, uh, the, that's the present reality. The future possibility is this, and it's, uh, again, um, well, we got lots of things going on here, but, but two things just quick. Paul tells us that we are heirs. And uh, I think I've told you before that my parents are doing their very best to spend my inheritance. And uh, that's fine with me. And, uh, and I celebrate that and encourage them to do that as much as possible, right? There's my sister here, and we're glad to see them. Not that it's a big one to begin with. Uh, it's, just, it's, not, it's not that hard for them right, uh, right now to do that. But... Um, but when we talk about inheritance, when we talk about being heirs of, of, of God as his children, now we're talking about a whole different thing. We're moving this to a whole different level. When we talk about the, that which is ours, both now at some, in some sense and in the future to come fully, what is ours because we are followers of Christ because we are children of God, because we're part of, of his family. We are heirs of the Father. And this amazing thought that he says in there that we are co-heirs with Christ. Co-heirs with Christ. Um, you heard me mention it, this great little verse, I think it's Hebrews 2, that talks about how Jesus is not ashamed to call us his brothers and to think of ourselves. We got the greatest big brother that there could possibly be in Jesus himself. We're, we're co-heirs. Jesus looks at us and says, hey, come on, come on. You've been adopted into this family and we are co-heirs together. And everything that the Father has promised me, promised to you as well. That eternal life, that joy, that meaning, that, that purpose, that, that fulfillment, it's all available to us um, now and forevermore. The, the, the challenge to that is this, and it comes there at the very end of verse 17, where it says, now for children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs of Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Uh, this is a, a bit of a sobering reminder that when Jesus puts his arm around us, he has another little something to say. He says, welcome. You, you, all the rights and privileges, everything that God has promised me, it's to you as well. Oh, and by the way, there might be a little suffering along the way. You see, to be a co-heir, to be a, a brother or a sister of mine means that this world that has been a little hostile to me will potentially be a little hostile to you as well. So to, to, to enter into this this union to become heirs, to enter into this family means that there may be a cost exacted from us as well. And that's, again, some of the responsibility that comes along with the rights 
and the privileges. There's this great little passage. I don't think I have this on the screen for you, but it's a great little passage from John. Just turn over in your Bible if you have it. Back to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And uh, this whole first portion up to verse 14 is, is great, but I just want to read the last few verses of that, maybe 11 through 13. John's writing, and he's talking about Jesus, and he says, he, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. What an amazing, wonderful thing. And I just want to ask you the question today, have you been adopted into the family of God? Have you, have you grabbed onto this incredible invitation, this welcome that God has given to each one of us, extended to each one of us to be a part of his family, to be one of his sons, to be one of his daughters? Have you been added to his will? May be another way of saying this. Do you know that your inheritance is secure? If you have, let me just say it's time for all of us to start living into our family identity more and more. To start becoming who we are, who we've been made to be. To, to grab onto that more and more. And if we haven't, there's no better time than today to come home. 